Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in today for the 50th episode of the Pod Ones podcast. I am your host, Char Char J. Joining my my co-host on my left, Luke. 50 episodes. Can you believe it's been 50 episodes? And that's just Clone Wars. And, and, it's, and it's not even like we... I'm the only one that's been here for all 50. Yeah. That's the amazing part. Yeah, but and our glad to be here. second co-host, Harris Productions. Welcome back, everyone. Hope everyone, hope everyone is having a great day so far. Today we'll be covering the Shadow Conspiracy arc, or the Maul Ascension arc, or the Maul Rules Mandalore arc. This is or the Lawless season... arc. Yeah, well, the Lawless is just one episode title. But we're, we'll be covering Season 5, Episodes 14, 15, and 16. We're going to be seeing a lot of Darth Maul. We're going to be seeing a lot of Kenobi. We're going to be seeing some Satine. We're going to be seeing some Pre Vizsla, some Bo-Katan, Savage Press. There's going to be a lot of stuff going down. And this is my, personally, this is my favorite Clone Wars arc. And I'm excited to cover it today. How about you guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming off of the big finale of Kenobi and and I, you, you can't ask for anything less than the biggest. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It is the big Rip Satine arc. Thanks. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, I swear I tr- didn't mean to plan all this at once, but it just so happened. to. You just decided to go all, all in on the emotional damage. For yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I find it so yeah. funny that all of these arcs have been so closely tied with the Kenobi show. Like when That's we got a... the flashbacks of the younglings, um, and when we saw uh, Gunji in the Bad Batch trailer, yeah. we get we have to we get to cover the younglings arc, and then now after yes uh, yesterday's uh, Kenobi finale, seeing all the m- emotional damage that Obi Wan has had to go through, now yep. today we got to we get to see some more Obi Wan emotional damage. Yeah, so it's yep. gonna be fun. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for doing the Obi Wan uh, the Qui Gon, uh, um, Qui Gon quote appreciate it well took you long enough Love. took you long enough um but yeah let's uh let's let's stop talking about us and let's bring in our awesome guest never was made it as obi-wan's battle you might make it as mine and we're back so our first guest today he is returning for another episode of the pod ones podcast he is our good friend from across the pond. Uh, Luke took him out to Denny's a few times and we were at Star Wars <laughs> Celebration. And uh, let's bring in our good British friend, Grandmaster Bale. Hello, fellas. Uh, Hello, and I'd like to I'd like to correct uh, Took to Dragged. Um, I was dragged <laughs> Denny. Uh, it that's definitely true. wasn't Drag. my idea to get a double cheeseburger for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all he got when he was here. It was just... Oh, it was lovely. Not great. So, uh, Bale, where can the good people find you on um, on social media? Oh, well, the good people can find me at Grandmaster Bale on TikTok. And if they're really good and want to see all the horrendous stuff I get up to um, and bad takes I have, they can go to Twitter as well and find me under the same name. All right. And then our second returning guest, she has been on 
uh she's been one on episode. one of one episode i believe that was the uh the asajj ventress episode no she was on for pursuit of peace Oh, she was the, on the, the, piece the epic epilogue that Camilla Borico. Bur- yes, and by the way, that was our first Grandmaster arc. Yes. She is returning for another episode. Let's bring in Ken at Senator Smoke. Hey, how are you doing? You, there you go. You got it. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm super excited to chat about the arc tonight. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, where can the good people follow you? I know you got a a podcast that you are bringing back yeah so uh you can find me at senator smoke and it's smoke s-m-o-a-k like felicity smoke on tiktok twitter and instagram and then my good friend ari may and i have a podcast as well called the queen and duchess podcast on instagram and spotify (laughs) yeah absolutely i will be am i allowed to say yeah yeah of course uh, I will be uh, on one of their episodes coming up. So uh, we're going to be talking about Kenobi and uh, Star Wars. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Because of Obi-Wan. Yes, because of Obi-Wan. For sure. But yeah, awesome. thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure. And let's bring in our final guest. He is a returner to the Pod Once podcast. He's only been on one episode as well. And uh, I'm glad to have him back. Let's bring in PMP's Den of Antiquities. Max. Hey, what's going on? Max, how's it going? How are we feeling? Going? Any day that we get to talk Star Wars with Star Wars friends, it's a it's a good day, man. It's good. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Where can the good people follow you? Uh, I'm pretty much on everything at PMPs underscore Den. I think you can see it like uh, the name here. Uh, and then you can find me on YouTube at PMPs Den of Antiquities. I do. A little bit of everything Star Wars from making stuff to reviews. I actually have a hot toy uh, Clone Wars mall since, since we're doing a Clone Wars mall uh, that I'm about to do a review on. Uh, and then I do a Star Wars podcast called the Star Wars Perspective Podcast. And you can find that on my YouTube where I do the live version or uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, we always shout out. Brooke on a B-Dazzler. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, Rip off. Not a, not a Kyber. Uh, Alanis is here in, in Omaha. She's staying with me. And she did the uh, It's Thursday. You know what that means. And that, that she did that today for us. So she is here, but she is not here here. Um, she's in the <laughs> chat, though. But I we like to take this opportunity to shout out Brooke. Far, far away factory. Go buy her cool shit. Um, she's got uh, Marvel, DC, Star Wars. She's got a hoodie that is the part of the Obi-Wan Mullet fan club. Um, you definitely got to get out and get her stuff. Go to farfarawayfactory.com. You can go to Far Far Away, Far Far Away Factory on Etsy, but let's, let's, let's get, her, uh, get her more cash for on uh, the .com. So. We like to support our friends and mutuals and stuff like that. So go get her stuff. Whoopsie, maybe not. Are you going to click it away? There we go. (laughs) Hey. Hey. Now, Char, you know what? Since this is your your favorite episode, I'll let you take the reins a little bit. All right. So are we we still doing news first, right? No. No, Oh, okay. We're going straight into the episode. All right. So... We usually have uh, an icebreaker question 
um, which is very uh, important, especially with this arc, with what happens. So I just want to ask, like, so the arc that we're talking about is a very pivotal point in not just the Clone Wars, but in Obi-Wan's life. Um, what was your pivotal point in the Clone Wars? Let's start with Bale. Since he's the newbie. <laughs> um, no, not really. <laughs> the shiny. Well, he is the shiny Absolutely. for the Clone Wars. It's a, it's a very good question. Um, can I choose multiple? Um, I would probably say key point for me would be uh, Ahsoka leaving the Order. But this which is happens next definitely... week. <laughs> which happens. <laughs> Tune in next week, in which case. Um... <laughs> but um, in, I'd, I'd say Ahsoka leaving would be a big one. But this arc is definitely... I rewatched the first two episodes um, of this arc today, and this is definitely moved up my list. <laughs> Safe to say, it's phenomenal. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens, especially with uh, Satine and Maul, and what happens with him, and it's a lot of shifts in the entire war being hap- happening within these three episodes. It's it's drastic. And everyone in the chat, uh, if you want to go ahead and comment your pivotal point in the Clone Wars, go ahead. But let's go to. Uh, Ken, what was your favorite uh, pivotal point in the Clone Wars? Yeah, so just the show or the war? Well, you could do do both. Yeah, we'll do both. I mean, for me, I would say in terms of like the actual like war, I mean, I feel like this this arc is pretty big um, given it's forcing the Republic to kind of take a stance and or not take a stance with like neutral you know, planets and territories. Um, but for me with the show, it has to be um, Vader starting to come out. And Anakin, we kind of see it with like Clovis and even, you know, it's kind of like spread out through that. For me, that like, that's just a key thing because I feel like it's it's really hard to see him go from Attack of the Clones to like Revenge of the Sith kind of. But I love that the Clone Wars like really ties that together and kind of like, I feel like we start losing Anakin almost in the Clone Wars a bit. So those would be my pivotal points <laughs> nice. nice and also alanis commented that uh hers was seen obi-wan she, in a mandalorian outfit she, so uh... he's trying to get uh she's trying to get me to do that fit for celebration you should you should 100 that would break my budget and I probably wouldn't be able to go to celebration <laughs> unless we 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 figured something out. But that's, yeah, you'll that's... have to uh, get connected with somebody that that's really good with uh, making those types of outfits, and uh, it'll cost a pretty penny. But uh, oh, yeah. I think it'll be worth it. Yeah. I wonder um, if we know anyone that's already made a Mandalorian armor that might be able to. Have uh, I wonder. Oh, yeah, Maybe right. it's uh, this person right here. Uh, yeah. She said, "Rex." Mayhaps. I bet Alanis will agree with that too. She never stops talking about uh, Rex. Like and, uh, yeah, found yeah. horrendous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's let's move to uh, Max. Uh, what was what is your pivotal point in the Clone Wars? I mean, this is a pretty strong one, uh, to be honest with you, because uh, Maul has basically just taken over everything, and he's basically becoming like the third party entity um, of the Clone Wars. But if I had to pick another one, probably Fives, kind of figuring out. Every yeah. 
Like, I think that's, that's like the uh, one of the craziest things because he figures it out. And like literally, I guess Rex and Ahsoka are really the only ones that kind of know about it. You know, uh, Ahsoka later and then Rex kind of not knowing, but kind of knowing, you know. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would say that one's a big one for me. No, yeah. Char, what's yours? Is it this? Is it this arc? A lot of it is this, but I would have to say um, the Lost Ones episode in season six where Obi-Wan finds out that Dooku's Tyrannus and he's the reason why the clones were made. Yeah. And I think that was a very important part with how the war even started. It was that, oh yeah, we we found out that Dooku is actually Tyrannus, exactly what Dooku told him when when Obi-Wan was uh, imprisoned on Geonosis. So it was a huge revelation that was very important when talking trying to talk to Silman. uh um i just find that entire arc gets overlooked all the time yeah, yeah i mean the one off I mean, is, is one of the most um because um, interesting he's and complex character yeah you don't yeah. know much about him but he has such a big role with how the war mm. even started because he was the one that put the order in and yeah. then duke fell to the dark side and was like hmm there's an army because he had a vision of wanting to protect the Republic from ruin. So let's take this army and let's put chips in them. So one day we can get the revenge of the Sith. Well, um, yeah, and that's so funny, though, because it's like you bring a character like Sifo Diaz, who was literally, if you spell his name backwards, is Sidious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, it's just like things like that. You bring a character like that, like just thrown out of his name, and then he becomes a pivotal part of the uh, of like the entire story as a whole. Well, I mean, it's not technically backwards, but in the concept for Sifo Diaz's character, it was Sido Diaz. So. Yeah, Sido Diaz, yeah. which was originally supposed to be that—that's what it was. But yeah, um, Harith, yours. What's your pivotal? Uh, again, everyone said all the great answers, but I would say if I had to pick another pivotal point in the story of the Clone Wars, it has to be the Yoda arc in season six. Him finding out that the war is honestly pointless and they're going to lose anyway, and they just kind of have to play everything out because this will win in the end. Yes, I'm going to say Umbara. Because of the morality of like the clones, they start to question. Hey, there's 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 always spies in our ranks. Who can we really trust? If we if a Jedi can fall, then what's to say that that we we're doing the right thing? And obviously, Siege of Mandalore because it is towards the end. And and I would say Fives is as well. But I would say Umbara for sure. <laughs> the whole of season uh, seven as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 All of season seven. Especially the Martez sisters because they do. It, it is. It's not the strongest episodes in in season seven, but they are very important going out throughout the story. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. no one said Siege of Mandalore yet. Coming to Curiosity Stream, go on an adventure 66 million years in the making with Dino Week. From new discoveries about the dinosaurs we thought we knew to the mind blowing species still being unearthed. And the controversial discovery that could rewrite history. Did dinosaurs survive longer than imagined? Dino Week on Curiosity Stream. And with monthly, annual, and bundled pricing plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. 
Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's kind of obvious, though. It's, like, that's it's the everyone's favorite. Like, that's the pivotal of the mm-hmm. pivotal. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> I mean, there's so much that happens right there. It's like Ahsoka leads her own, like, separate battalion to Mandalore, uh, the same place that we're going to be talking about today. So, I mean, yeah. this arc is in- integral to the events of Siege of Mandalore, essentially. Absolutely, yeah. Anything okay. that happens on Sonari and Mandalore is super relevant in season in the Siege of Mandalore arc when it comes to this arc right here. So it's even relevant when it gets bombed. But uh Ken, I'm pretty sure you were on for that episode, weren't you? A book of Ofat? I think so. I think so, yeah. 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 So we saw the bombing and I I think she even said, Oh my god, Ari's gonna lose her mind because it was Mandalore. Yep. (laughs) And yeah, I, I was like, yeah, of course you bring that up. Nice <laughs> might do better to think of that lovely glass painting of Satine that also got shattered during that bombing but I'm going to remove the... God, <laughs> I'm going to stop you. talking God <laughs> damn, Bill. I just want to say uh, oh. shout out uh, Joe in the chat how you doing Ven hey Ven hey, alright so we are going to dive in to this arc and the first episode of this arc season 5 episode 14 eminence and this is the plot summary this one is very short so i will do godfrey oh, oh my god sorry right. some distance so, uh, right. so, yeah yeah you, if you want to take uh, your max, headphones out now max can oh, um, just get this, ready this, this can get very out of hand i mean l- luckily this is only like two sentences so uh i think you did it i think the first time you did it was the one that i was on i think because i think oh, you did it started was that was that when ben was Umbara. about to crash his car yeah I think, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, yeah yeah all right i don't know what this is and i'm now kind of so, scared <laughs> wait bail you don't know okay do uh, it all right, do it. All right. Just, brace yourself brace yourself okay ready season five episode 14 eminence Evil Alliance! Darth Maul and Savage Opress escape Obi-Wan Kenobi's assault once again with their plan to build a crime organization in peril. The brothers' fate is about to be changed forever as they drift barely alive through unknown space. Oh, Wait a minute. my God. Definitely blood. Okay, keep going. Okay, everyone, everyone in the chat, uh, rate that one out of ten. Harith, no. Harith, what's what's that grade? What's uh, you what's know, what's... I rate your Godfrey higher than your your Tom Kane, so I'll give it like a solid six. It was it was, it was good. It was all right. You know, it could be better. It could be worse. No, it's, it's fine. What what do we what do we? Now think? that's what, what I'm we, talking about. What do, what, do, what, do we, what do we think? <laughs> what do you think? What do we think? Uh, for Ken and and Bale having heard it, like what like what do we think? Godfrey, yay, nay. What do we think? <laughs> it's just, it's not awful. Uh, no, it's it's decent, sure. I'm I'm taking the mic. I I rate it. I think it's pretty good. It's better than I could do, and I feel like better than most people could do. So I'd say it's pretty good. You, you've tried a Gilbert Gottfried voice before? No, and that's why I just. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just imagining you doing it. 
Kenya oh. just like trying Godfrey. That's amazing. Got here in time. I, I love that comment from Haley. Just got here in time. <laughs> the performance of the yeah, hour. Yeah. So apparently, uh, my Godfrey uh, reading is apparently a, a big a big thing for the Pod Ones podcast. I guess. Yep. Absolutely. That's what the <laughs> way bigger than your. And I almost game. caused uh, Ven Skywalker in the chat to crash his car one time because the first <laughs> yes, time I did it, he was like, "What it was it? Well, what, it was in Barra. It was in Barra, I think. It no, it was Zagarian Slavers. It was. Oh, was it? That was the first time you did it because I remember uh, you came into okay. the yard starting with it. Oh yeah, because oh, I was like, "I'm Zygeria." Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Um, so. All right, let's dive into the first episode. So the moral of this episode is one vision can have many interpretations. And obviously that relates back to Maul's vision of what he's trying to do by having Death Watch on his side. So the first point of this episode is Death Watch finds this stranded ship. And it, obviously it has Savage and Maul in it because this arc is the very it starts with the very first episode of this season, which is Revival. And they're cold in space they're alone and they find them and death watch aren't very friendly to jedi so they see them and maul's light uh maul's lightsaber is on the ground and he's like huh they're not jedi but what are they and he asked that question and maul's like we are the sith and he's like we are the only sith uh dooku is a uh a pretender and all of this and um maul um he gets new legs so He's a lot shorter than what he was with his claw legs. And you can tell by this when, when Savage stands up out of his repair chair and he hits his head on the light. Um, that was one of the clear indicators that Maul is back to what he was in The Phantom Menace in terms of height. So, back to and, the short king that he is. Yes. <laughs> and so they begin to plan because Death Watch wants rule over Mandalore and Maul wants Kenobi. That's that's essentially what it is. And Maul seems to have this idea that's beyond Death Watch. He's essentially using Death Watch to get what he wants. But Death Watch is aware, especially with the conversations between uh, Pre Vizsla and Bo-Katan, that Maul is going to either turn on them or Death Watch is going to try to kill them. So they have the two, um, those two like distrust between the the two factions but i just want to ask all of you guys so maul is always assumes that he's a step ahead of everyone else um what do you think drives his narcissism where does it stem from we'll start with uh bill go ahead oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) um sidious really i mean look at how it's 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 very much similar to how Sidious always is is planning and is very thoughtful and how he does everything. Maul is very much the same way, or at least he tries to be. Maul has got that obvious streak of just cocking things up, mm-hmm. um, which needs to obviously be taken into account. But he he's just trying to. I think because Sidious is the only example he has to go off of on how to be successful, how to be Sith, how to embody that thing he wants to be so much. So I think it, it, it all stems from how Sidious acts, I think. Mm-hmm. Good points. Uh, anyone else want to take the uh, take the, the pedestal here? Well, I think it comes down to a lot of, like, with the Sith, it's very cutthroat. It's very, like, like they have the rule of two and everything. So I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of it is, like, with Maul, he's had to continually, like, prove himself and 
you one step ahead. And I myself, if I was, you know, split in half, like I would definitely be making sure like that doesn't happen again. And so I think it's, it kind of all just stemmed from like, A, just like wanting to prove himself and get revenge and also B, like, just, I feel like kind of, you know, what was said before with like Sidious, like that's just how he was taught. And, you know, so I think it comes down to a lot, a lot from like childhood and upbringing, but yeah. Yeah. Excellent point. Uh, Mm -hmm. Max? Um, I mean, most of it was already said, but yeah, definitely Sidious. Um, because I feel like Sidious has a lot of that. Um, he, he learned a pretty hard lesson. Uh, Maul learned a pretty hard lesson in Phantom Menace. Uh, and I don't think, even though he's destined to kind of continue to make, you know, like, um, I think it was uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was saying that he's like Sisyphus, right? Like, he like rolls the boulder yeah, up the hill. He's born to fail. Yeah, I just had to, that interview. That was great. Yeah, yeah, just to roll it kind of back down the hill. Um, but I think really him getting chopped in half because he was like, I think he even like, I, th- I think he's more calculated in the Clone Wars because of what happened in the events of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Because I think his arrogance was like at its peak, or not Revenge of the Sith, sorry, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I think it was at its peak. Um, and then he was like, oh, I don't want to go through that again, obviously. You know, getting chopped in half isn't a fun experience, I can imagine. Um, so I really think that. Uh, that's what really drives him is like obviously Sidious and then just the hard lessons that he's had to endure um, through the, through the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah. That's, that's actually, a, that's actually probably like one of the main points is how Sidious played such a big part in his whole entire um, demeanor and how he is as a person. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty clear cut. Uh, Harith, uh, do you have any thoughts? I do actually. Cause I feel like, Again, it goes back to what Kenna was saying about how the Sith are very cutthroat, but it also kind of ties into what Pre Vizsla's been kind of going through, like, through this entire series of he believes that, like, the true Mandalorians need to come back and how, like, Satine is, like, a pacifist and, like, corrupting everything, and that kind of, like, aligns with Maul's goal because of temporarily, because he wants to have power of, like, the neutral systems. He can give Pre Vizsla that power. It's, again, they... It's weirdly how like the Sith and the Mandalorians kind of goals weirdly align with each other because again we know the Jedi and the Mandalorians were at wars like 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 right after the High Republic so it's very interesting to see how Pre Vizsla and Maul kind of like again like you said they know each other they're going to betray each other but they know who's going to jump in front of it first and who's going to make the first move so it's very interesting to see this kind of weird alliance between the Sith and the Mandalorians. Yeah, and it's. I, I, I essentially see it as uh, pre Vizsla and Darth Maul being like, this town ain't big enough for the both of us, mm-hmm. essentially. So they're both trying to gain power over each they're other. They're both pumping they're, up their chest, being like, we, we can do this, we can, we're going to take them out, kind of like, like they're both trying to prove themselves. They're, they're like Shaq and Kobe. They're like two like-minded people, but who wants it more? Like, they, they, they will literally end up like, if I have to do something about it, I will. And uh, obviously, later in this arc someone does get the better end of the deal. Uh, Luke, your thoughts? I mean, y'all just I literally said it. Like, it, it the parallels between Vizsla and, and, Ma- and Maul are just uncanny because they are both trying to use each other to their own end, end game. Mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating how well these two, like, end up working together. And then it just... Maul definitely learned 
from the best of how to manipulate people. That is for sure. So. Mm -hmm. Imagine the the pressure he had in the Phantom Menace. Yeah. (laughs) I I was actually listening to that music earlier today when Qui-Gon met Maul. The like that music was so like, I think like, Every single time I watch the Phantom Menace, I just rewind it to that part because I just love the music. But I think it just gets overshadowed by Jewel of the Fates. That's probably why it just never gets played. Yeah. 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 And um, so essentially this whole arc, this not the arc, but this episode is just Maul and previously gathering their forces. They go to the Black Sun on Mustafar. (laughs) They say no. Savage obliterates them all. And um, they end up joining them. And then uh, they go to the Pikes. The Pikes voluntarily say yes. And then they go to the Hut clan. And with a little bit of negotiation and some appearances from Dengar and Enbo and Sugi, they get completely ratted out. They get destroyed. And <laughs> that one <laughs> moment where um, Maul is talking to that one Hut. I'm, for, I'm forgetting his name. He's the one that looks Limo? like uh, like the little like one that looks like no the one that looks like a mob boss like that guy yeah. yeah yeah he um he's like so the only thing you could tell me is that you can find Jabba the Hut Jabba in Jabba's palace, palace. <laughs> 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 and then uh, obviously he gets um, eliminated as well. So they end up going to Tatooine and convincing Jabba to align with them and. They have this military. So that was their plan. They try to get this military together so they have enough forces to get through to Satine and Mandalore and to lure in Kenobi. So at this point, Maul's plan is to have an entire criminal underworld happening right now. And Vizsla just wants to rule Mandalore. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting how through serious acts of violence that, that how quickly... Maul and Savage's forces came together. Like it's it's honestly brilliant. I, and I, I just love how Previsal is just like, okay, I'm just gonna let Maul and Savage do their thing, and then I'm just gonna when the time is right, just take it from them. Yeah, and I just <laughs> because the Clone Wars, like, I mean, the Jedi are so busy with the war, and with the their absence, uh, the syndicates just have been flourishing throughout these few years. And I want to ask you guys. How do you think the power and strength gained during this time helped slash harm? Coming to Curiosity Stream, go on an adventure 66 million years in the making with Dino Week. From new discoveries about the dinosaurs we thought we knew to the mind-blowing species still being unearthed and the controversial discovery that could rewrite history. Did dinosaurs survive longer than imagined? Dino Week on Curiosity Stream. And with monthly, annual, and bundled pricing plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The, cl- the crime syndicates or harmed the Jedi in the long run with the crime syndicates being able to flourish and be so powerful during this time. 
Well, I think um, it definitely from a um, from like just like the random citizens that like live in each of these like uh, worlds at the crime syndicates. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely made it to where they didn't believe in the Jedi. Like we were talking about um, the uh, the arc with um, I'm blanking on their names. Uh, the, the the middle arc in season seven with um, the sisters. The Martinez, oh yeah, the, Mar- the, Mar- yeah. the Martez sisters. Martez. Martez, Martez, yeah. sorry, no, um, we see that like so, uh, civilization has kind of like lost hope in the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I think that the um, Maul kind of ruling those syndicates um, definitely pushes that because the Jedi don't really know that Maul's in control of all these. Um, and I think it gets drastically worse because obviously he's diabolical and he knows what he's doing. Um so I think it really pushes like faith in the Jedi like further down um, by the average citizen. Yeah, and that's yeah. the brilliance of of what Maul's doing. He understands that any neutral world, the Republic can't intervene because that's that was because Keanu Mooney made this clear that if they're not being enforced or being controlled by the the separatists, the Jedi can't do anything about it. The Republic can't do anything. So it's yeah. I find it. That Maul, know, he knows exactly what he's doing, but at the same time, he's trying to gather as much neutrality, uh, the, the, as much neutral worlds as possible, and just rule a section of the galaxy. Like it's 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 crazy and how that is built, and it happens just in this one episode. Um, it, it goes back to Sidious to in, in the first in the five, episode one of like uh, like let the the criminals like ravage with the, like the, their knees and that kind of stuff, like. How how does them all both know about this? Yeah, it, I think it all just stems down to I think what I think is probably the biggest flaw of the Jedi, and that is their link with the Republic, because that entire thing just makes it so much easier for Maul to play them. And then he gets Kenobi on himself, and had things have gone as they should have gone, that would have been a very very prominent Jedi Master taken out because they had their their peacekeeping was made by vote. They had to vote on whether innocent lives should be saved, which is the biggest problem by far of the Jedi, I think. But that's another conversation. <laughs> um, but it uh, certainly throughout this time, lawlessness has probably just picked up to stupid amounts as, as um, Max, I think it is Max. Sorry if I got your name wrong. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you nailed it. <laughs> um with the Martez sisters arc, you see that kind of the dregs of the underworld and you see it a little bit in the first Thrawn book about how bad it is down there, how you need to learn self-defense just to survive. Like it just, it shows how it's just rotten the underworld completely. Mm -hmm. And Haley in the chat, aggressive negotiations. I would be more inclined to say it's bloody negotiations, but uh, (laughs) decapitated negotiations, kebab negotiations. And I'm going to let you wonder exactly who I am talking about with that. And yeah. maybe <laughs> various versions of losing body parts. Yeah. So, uh, Ken, what are your thoughts on uh, the crime syndicates flourishing with the Jedi being busy with war? Yeah, I completely agree with what Bale just said. I mean, to me, like, it just really shows, like, I think it harms the Jedi because, like, with being linked to the Republic and just in war in general, with you have allies, you need to kind of follow what they are you all agree on and the Jedi, you know, won't really get involved in neutral systems. So I think it does harm them because, you know, they should be just 
trying to save people, protect, you know, cities and the citizens, whatever. And because of their, you know, belief system. And I think a lot of this in this arc is about like, like holding to these like kind of not great beliefs, like they're just older aging ones, like with the Jedi and even kind of Satine to an extent too. But I just really think that it's really good for the, um, you know, the crime syndicates because they have this, you know, and Maul as well. And like we've mentioned, he has the perfect opportunity for this because he knows the Jedi kind of get involved. So I definitely see this as almost a win for, you know, crime syndicates, but a loss for the Jedi in this episode. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you just look at it, I mean, there's a couple of episodes throughout the earlier seasons, though, um, especially with the crime syndicates. You're just like, if the Jedi weren't too focused on the war instead of doing what they were doing before the war, I mean, look at crime even in the High Republic. It's there, but it's not as as prevalent. It's not. It's not as prevalent. Mm. It's not. It's not like it is during the Clone Wars. The Jedi decided to become a a governing in, in a way a governing part of the military, and that was essentially a police force. Yeah, but well, um, I mean, they've always been a police force in a way, but not to the extent that they are in in the Clone Wars. Essentially, it is given the the nature of the Senate, it's a police force to the highest bidder. If you look at it, or the the ones with the biggest influence. Yes. So, poor old. Uh, Shmi back on Tatooine. She's not going to get help. Why would she get help? She's not got a big voice. She I, don't think, I don't that think. I don't think. I don't think Tatooine even had a representative in the Senate. No, well, if I'm no, not exactly. mistaken. That's the that's the exact problem. They've got a planet full of corruption, full of suffering, full of grief, full of slavery, but they can't act on it because they're not a member of their government. The but remember, guys, they're here. lovely peacekeepers. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it's rough. It's 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 a double edged yeah. sword for sure. It's a double edged sword. Um, yeah. Especially the um, but yeah, Harris. Yeah, and again, I think that kind of goes back to like corruption and how that feeds into like the lifestyle for people living on the outer rim and the neutrality of like how that does. Because like again, just because they can't have government figures to service everything, it kind of like it also goes back to funding. And Maul does comment at that on, during the episode. He goes. Greed never fails to motivate. How is this a prevailing theme throughout the entirety of the Clone Wars? And like, it's mm. an open floor discussion. Anyone can take it. <laughs> yeah. Jar? Yeah, I mean, you guys have covered pretty much everything. There's that the Hut Space and all these clans, the Black Sun, the Pikes, all of yeah. them have, their business has been thriving since the Jedi have been so caught up with the war and I mean the the hut the hut trade routes are just going boom 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 boom. You even you even see this in uh, the Clone Wars movie with um, trying to gain uh, whether it be the Separatists or the Republic gaining the support of the huts to go on their trade routes. So they're doing good business right now. So the fact that Maul is just coming in between them and just saying like join us or die, it's pretty hardcore <laughs> no yeah yeah absolutely char get us to the next episode all right so the next episode of this arc is season five episode 15 shades of reason guess what guys godfrey 
Oh, oh, no. we go. Let's go. <laughs> see, see? Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's begin. Villainy swells with an army of the galaxy's most vicious criminals. Darth Maul and Savage Opress conspire with Bree Vizsla and the Death Watch to topple Duchess Satine, ruler of Mandalore. While the conspirators prepare to attack the Mandalorian capital, Zundari, from a base on Zanbar, the fate of 2,000 other neutral systems <laughs> is under threat as Darth Maul moves closer to establishing a vast criminal empire. Did you like how I said 2,000 right there? Yeah! Char, oh, my friend, God. if you're coming to Celebration next year, I request oh, that you talk in nothing but that voice. <laughs> throughout the entirety see I, I bet he doesn't say 2000 like that but it's like i like adding like a little you, bit of like you know action to it so it's you, like you know what char you you've earned yourself a nice eight out of ten you got a lot of gravel tea you got a lot of like everything <laughs> hey you i destroyed everyone's eardrums so you know what that's that's the first really good like reading you've had yeah, essentially, if, knowing how the chat responds, if Leave your a... ears aren't ringing after me reading the plot summary, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, leave a like on the stream. It would help us a lot. It help us a, a ton. Oh, yeah. I know. What with silencing uh, Char? Well, maybe not silencing Char. Just getting <laughs> us, the, getting yeah, us, yeah. yeah, getting us to getting us to where we want to be. We we hit three hundred. Like the episode today. right now, or no more Godfrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the episode of No More Godfrey, but we just hit seven three hundred subscribers. Yes, we're, we did hit three hundred. Really, we're really, really, we're we're climbing. We're trying to get up there in the positivity of of YouTube, and we're gonna do it. Our our ultimate goal is one thousand subs, subs, so that we can do more fun things with you guys as a community, and and that's that's the goal. So I the only way I we still remember when you were trying to set it up on StreamYard and everything, yeah. now you're at 300. It's, it's yeah. impressive. Oh, I yeah. what I mean. I started, I, I filled in for Luke's former co-host back in September, and we had, like, what, 40 subs? It's like, yeah. We've, yeah. we've, we've done a great job, and I mean, obviously, people have seen our reactions for the last two episodes of Kenobi, but just getting our foot in the door and getting these people to see our content and and, and to really Absolutely. take it in and and so if you guys would 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 do us the honor give us a like and 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 uh thanks for being here it, uh, I'll, I'll get no oh, go ahead Harris. no it came at a great time because not only was it a you got three major milestones with episode 50 you got episode 50 of the podcast you got basically a year of us doing it 300 yeah. subs and then the two back-to-back 1000 views on the reactions. Yeah. So it's we're 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 hitting that we're hitting that point where we're just like okay, here we go. So we're we're just trying to keep this going. So um but uh Char, do you want me to take take the reins or do you uh Go ahead. I'm going to go through these comments real quick. Uh Haley okay. said 7 but after that 1009. Oh, <laughs> uh Pat said best reading oh, ever. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate. It. I I I love that Godfrey is getting some love all right yeah. Luke, go ahead um so the moral of this episode is alliances can stall true intentions so we talked a lot about in in the last episode uh talking a lot about the ambitions of both pre and darth maul obviously um maul has a conversation uh with savage and he says greed never fails to motivate 
Um, how is this a prevailing theme throughout the Clone Wars? Let's go Ken first. I feel like what comes to mind is the um, that Clone Wars arc I was on for the Pursuit of Peace where yes. yeah, Padme is, you know, arguing for it because, you know, people don't have access to basic resources, people are dying. But because I believe the trade federations were, you know, profiting off the war, they didn't want that. They had no regard for lives lost or people starving. Um, so I think that, I mean, I mean, we talked about a lot too on that episode, but this really does reflect like the real world that we live in and war is fueled by that. And it's sad to say, but so many people use war as an opportunity to gain for themselves because there's almost that chaos. And so I think that, you know, we definitely see that unraveling throughout Clone Wars, but I just do particularly think of like pursuit of peace and that whole thing and how in the end greed does win with that so no yeah yeah absolutely well said um i i mean as well like another example would be uncle ono was it or Otto? yeah the, yeah early on in the first season of on, the clone War. yeah he made that entire deal to get basic supplies and i think all of this does and this is the thing with the prequels it all goes down to politics um so and you can see it in the Senate as well. The Trade Federation, they was like, we'll make you a deal. It'll be a fantastic deal. You'll get everything you want. Financial trap. And then well, you've like got the, the banking things... plan as well. Banking exactly. plan. Same is... with the banking it's... plan. The fact right. that those they have a seat in the Senate is just insane. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I, I don't really want my bank being able to represent themselves in the Senate, to be honest, because then I might get charged a lot more for my ridiculous purchases. And I don't want that. <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean you can see behind me, it's not exactly <laughs> anyway. Um but onto the actual thing itself. Um but yeah, especially when you go down to the relationships with the different crime syndicates, you've and the formation of Crimson Dawn, they're all wanting money, they're wanting power. And obviously Black Sun, they're like, Well, we're Black Sun, you're just some Mandalorian terrorists. Then obviously Savage does what he does. They see their opportunity. They take it, and then the Pikes willingly come to them to get that opportunity. And I think that's when the Pikes also then end up getting their profit through Tatooine and stuff like that. So I think it is just an essential part of this. And also how they string along Pre Vizsla. They're like, well, follow my plan. You'll be the seed of the ruler of Mandalore. And um, Pre Vizsla, like, well, follow my plan. You'll get to kill Kenobi. So it's a win-win. So you've just got this stringing along on both parts. Hold on. Can we just address this for a second? I am not a separatist. Can you you, you highlight the comment underneath it? That's just rude. (laughs) Anyway, I am not a separatist. I just look at the system and I see that it's flawed. Yes, but am I going to break off of something that I truly believe that is working? No. So... Don't be calling me a separatist, separatist boy. Separatist ideologies had a lot of good points. It's just the fact that they were led by someone that murdered thousands of people and was happy about it. Yes. (laughs) Essentially. But anyway, Max, your thoughts? Uh, Well, I mean, like everybody said, greed um, 
is a really big thing in Star Wars. You see it um, in plenty of episodes. The one that comes to mind for me is the one with uh, uh, where Ahsoka and Luminara are guarding Gunray. Yes. Um, and example. the Republic, uh, I forget his name, the Republic Trooper is the one that ends up turning um, on them. And his name is like Arg. Argus. I just remember he's got some like uh Ar- he's Argaius. Argaius. Argaius, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He took off his helmet. He looks he looks like a I don't know if you guys have ever read the outsiders, but he looks like a greaser because he has like a <laughs> yeah. like, little swoop. Yeah. Um but um I think Palpatine sees all that. Um and he re- I think that's one reason why he was able to control both sides so well, as just because of how much greed was on both sides. And I think um he saw that early on and was able to capitalize on that. And like, I think that was one reason why um, I wouldn't say easy, but it was easier for him to really um, play both sides. No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, even though that this book is not Canon Plagueis is the biggest. I mean, look at everything that he was able to do as a member of the banking clan to get Sidious in power. Like literally, it's all about making deals behind the behind the you know behind the scenes, and that happens in real life. It absolutely happens in real life. We we have senators, we have we have representatives that say that they're going to run on one platform, and then they they make these promises to the community, and then they don't have, don't end up making them because they're being paid off by lobbyists. And then Big Daddy Bezos comes in and pays them to do whatever yeah. he wants. Exactly. Or Walmart exactly. or whatever corporations or like any. Or they break their own restrictions and, and then lie that's about the, it. And that's the thing. Is that's the thing. Star Wars is political. It's always been political. It's Star Wars. You can't have war without two different factions. And a lot of politics comes from two different factions. That's just how that's just how it works. Um, but it's just it, it's so interesting, so so interesting. Uh, Char, your thoughts? Well, in the words, in the great words of Qui Gon Jinn, greed can be a powerful ally. Yes, yes, indeed it can. Took you long enough. <laughs> hey, we're not there yet. Uh-uh. Um, a long way to go. I'm not ready to, to to go back to my fields just quite yet. With oh, that, with that episode. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Towards the end, we'll talk a little bit about. I was it. a mess, but uh, yeah. yeah. Continue. Uh, uh, no, you guys are all bringing up good points about like from like Legends of like how like like funding has always been Star Wars, and I was gonna bring out like how Char just brought up how like it's interesting that Qui Gon mentions it, and how Maul uses it. So it's interesting that the Jedi and Sith are both aware of this, but they just go about it in very different ways. So. Again, I find that whole like situation just to be fascinating. Chris, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> I I saw every, the name time... in chat and just assumed exactly what he was going to say, and yeah. I guessed correctly. <laughs> every time I mean, we talk, hard I can just hear his voice just saying that. Yeah, I just... that you can't unnot hear that from Chris. Like he literally <laughs> just has the voice. And He's the embodiment. He's more... He's more linked to that line than Lando is. Let's be mm-hmm. real. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but moving on to the next, uh, next big domino, Duchess Satine. We see a lot of dis- Duchess Satine in the Clone Wars, especially because we get to her. Our first mention, our first uh, canon mention, is actually in Brotherhood. Um, and getting all that context of what we see in the Clone Wars before reading that book. 
If you haven't read Brotherhood, go read it. It's fantastic. Oh, dude, it's such an amazing. It's book. it's one it's of the great. it's one of the it's one of it's one of my favorite canon books because obviously oh we want Anakin, my boys. Um, oh, I will say I've read it three times and I've yeah yet to find a major problem with it. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> I absolutely love that book. I, I adore that book. Um. Uh. So I mean, we see a lot of Satine, and especially in this episode, we see how death watch is able to use her her um her pacifism against her you know um so the question is was satine's loss of power because of strategic planning by maul or the will of the people and their connection to their culture because vizsla makes it very very clear that hey satine is not getting it done she can't protect you we are the true Mandalore. We're, we're true, the true Mandalorians. We need to be able to defend ourselves from these marauders, these thugs, these galavants. So it, it, is it more of Maul taking advantage of the time and place? Or is it really the will of the people that, that, that brings Satine down? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I personally think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um. I'm going to equate it to um, kind of what's going on in the United States right now with um, the gun laws. Um, And we won't get into like whether it's right or wrong or whatever, but um, I think it has a lot of similarities. You have people who think that nobody should have guns. And then you have people who think that you should be able to do whatever you want to do with weapons, you know? Um, So I think there's that. And I think Maul sees that and he uses that to his advantage. Um, by like you know uh basically showing like look she wants to be passive and you have all these people getting attacked you have all these gangsters coming in now um and your people are helpless like you they can't even even her guards cannot help you know no. so obviously pacifism isn't working and he i think he kind of like um forces that hand upon her so i think he kind of it's it, like i said it's kind of a little bit uh not to like just play like sit on the fence but i think it's a little bit of both yeah i mean kind of further building off what you've just said um i feel like it's more i don't think it's more that they wanted to be more like the true mandalorians i think it's more that previsla offered them the quick and easy solution like if you're ordering something on amazon that you need do you pick the prime option or do you pick the four to five days? I think that Satine probably could have solved the solution given time, given communication with external factors. But the thing is, Pre Vizsla came in and he was staging all of this for this. Mm-hmm. And he goes in, well, I've got a solution. And she doesn't. Given Pre Vizsla and their entire nature, I think after a while, the people would have wanted Satine back because whilst pacifism doesn't work when you're being attacked, being openly aggressive all the time does not help in times of peace. So, I think really, Satine works best throughout the the main chunk of Mandalore. It's only in that one condition where she fails, and that's where Death Watch bring. It's like extremism. They are well, they're quite literally extremist terrorists. They can provide the solution to this one problem. Every other problem doesn't matter because they can salute they can solve this one thing they can help people's fear and exploit their suffering 
that is what is key here and that is why they get into where it is so i think that is really mainly part of maul's planning and exploiting the it's kind of like with I'm I'm gonna link this to Kenobi because I can. Uh, Grand Inquisitors, like the key to hunting Jedi, it's kind of like that. The key to getting this done is exploiting that kind of fear, I guess. Yeah. So I, I, that that's that's at least what I think on that. Oh yeah, Ken. Yeah, I also hate to take a kind of a middle ground approach, but I think Maul kind of lays down the like the skeletal outline for her to lose power. But I do think ultimately it is the will of the people. And yeah, that it could be playing into like the conditions there definitely is. But I think this really shows that like, it truly is like the people that give their rulers power because, you know, they, I mean, are the ones that, you know, kind of like done with Satine and ready to welcome in death watch because of what was going on. And I just think, um, you know, I think they ultimately want Mandalore to survive. And I think, you know, given Satine, you know, her, not that her approach was right or wrong or anything, but it just wasn't, it wasn't adapting to the current situations and conditions. And I think, I know we're going to probably talk more about Satine, but I think that's one like part of her downfall and why she does lose powers because her plan for pacifism and whatever just doesn't adapt and it's almost just clinging to something that has no room for these types of conditions and I you know so I do think it's more so on like the people because you know they could have completely 180'd and done exactly the opposite of what Maul thought but you know ultimately um, they were the ones that you know wanted to live they wanted to not be attacked so I think it's a bit of both but I'd put more towards the will of the people no yeah i mean being persuaded and and given the opportunity i mean even even when even before they get into mandalore uh maul goes put on a good show Mm -hmm. make it convincing so that we can turn these people we can manipulate them into doing what we want and he gets that perfectly from from sidious yeah. Which is just fantastic. And I want to build off what Ken was saying because it does go back to, I'm going to tie it back into season two when Senator Merrick has Satine basically with a head and she's like, it's basically Maul just takes exactly what Merrick was saying about Satine and just exploits it against her. And she knows, again, like, it's like I said, I'm not thinking everyone's saying, I'm not trying to make a middle of the road option, but again, pacism just has this natural problem against flaws because like Maul just knows how and so does Previsla. I think Maul and Previsla both know Satine will not budge. No. We can basically batter them all all we want and she ain't gonna do anything because she's just so uphold to her own morality that she's just never gonna act. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ven made a really good comment right here too comparing Star Wars to Game of Thrones. And Satine yes. is basically Ned Stark mm-hmm. sticking to your principles is honorable, but there comes a time when you have to compromise. Yeah. That's, oh yeah, that's absolutely. That is that very is, well said. That's 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 damn near that that is scary good. Mm-hmm. You know? It's mm. it, yeah, the most stubborn queen. God. <laughs> anyway. And it's like the simplest options like right in front of her. But she just doesn't take it. It's because she mm. has her ideals. Yeah, she she has her ideals, and if she she feels like if she moves away from those ideals, she's becoming a hypocrite. 
I forget where the line is from. I think it's from some piece of Star Wars media. I've got a feeling it's a book. It's something to do with good people are always so easy to predict. I Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster, in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S., Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Forget the exact reference, or I think it might have been Harry Potter, actually, which is a complete side note. But <laughs> it's it really does kind of come into the equation here with Maul's planning and how the people do react. What's the quote again? Oh, I kind of want to look it up. To... <laughs> um, good people are always, always so easy to predict, or something along the lines. I think it was like honestly. It's no. no, 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 no. I think it. I, I think it might actually be from Solo, because Tobias says something mm-hmm. around the lines of people are very predict like predictable on how they act and like. You I can- think the. Ex- yeah, exact I think that's instance I'm thinking of is probably coming from Harry Potter. To be completely honest, that probably is. But <laughs> I definitely because I remember because uh, Tobias talks to Han about something very very similar, and how he how they how people can be read in all of these things, and I think that's very interesting to, to make that connection. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, so look I looked at the quote at uh they gave me a result of Abraham Lincoln, so uh, I did not think <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well, I definitely didn't get it from there. The British boy is quoting America. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you get that Don't from get me started on American <laughs> politics, mate. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, because uh, take that line. Look at Satine. Look at her actions. Look at what she's done. She's created an entire chair for independent systems to stand you really think or like passive systems to stand you really think that she's going to have a solution to a problem with aggression no it's it goes against everything she's built of course that will work against her so there is that (laughs) oh yeah absolutely char your thoughts well i mean satine is a very complex character so i mean she's has she's a pacifist who has a sister who's the exact opposite uh um and um i just think that her character is super important when it comes to uh how different mandalore is and that's essentially what death uh, death watch is trying to change and i love how vizsla is using her ideals against her and trying to uh play victim with his own plans and it's it's super it's super crazy and and uh intelligent with how he does it too and but satine is i don't know i mean my thought yeah 
She's hell yeah. bent. Well, they take over. Um, obviously, Vizsla is able to uh take over uh and keep everybody down, and and, and he has he has gotten his goal. He has managed to use Maul against. He's he's able to outwit Maul for the time being, or so he thinks. Um, Maul obviously doesn't doesn't take too kindly to that, obviously, and he escapes and he challenges Vizsla and he says to Savage, I believe, in in one point, we're gonna use their own rules against them. Mm-hmm. And when no, he uh, uh, no, go I... ahead, Harith. Maul's quote about uh, previously, like previously, is a soldier, and he's bounded by honor. Yes. yes, yes, we will use that honor. Um, I mean, he's almost using the exact same weapon that he used against the team mm-hmm. on Previsla, essentially. Um, oh, hello, Beth. Beth, Beth, she just came from Duel of the Ranks. They were talking about Kenobi Part Six. Um, she was on there. We appreciate her jumping on here. Uh. Mm. But Previsla ends up battling Maul, ends up losing, right? And throughout that 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 fight, it's it's pretty it's there's it's been it was pretty even up until like the last half of it, right? Mm-hmm. Now for Vizsla, for Vizsla's death, um, w- was his death because of his own arrogance or Maul's strength? Arrogance. Okay. I'd say, I mean, so, sorry, no, you go ahead. No, 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 you started. You got it. Oh, okay. Um, look at how Previsla found Maul. It's very easy to look at that and go, he was left. He was, he was in pieces when I found him. He's not going to be an issue. And I think that was his problem. He, he, he underestimated Maul because he saw him in pieces and knew that he had to take him from the gutter to make him what he now is. And so he thought, oh, naturally, this guy's not going to be a problem. And then proceeded to, um, well, he got a bit big-headed and his neck quite literally couldn't take it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, that. I, that's what I think at least. Um, Max, go ahead. Sorry, I, I feel bad for cutting you off. No, dude, not, not at all. Not at all. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm going to, uh, might uh, irritate the chat a little bit, but I'm going to say both again. Because um, <laughs> I really think uh, Mandalorians have, a, especially Death Watch, have a tendency to be very arrogant and think yeah. that they're the best of the best. Um, and to be quite honest, I'm sorry, man. Uh, this guy was trained by Maul in every single form of combat. He can use the Force, and he has a lightsaber. And I get that he also... the uh, he had a uh, the dark saber, but I just I don't think he stood a chance, and I think it that ego started playing um, uh, had a big uh, had a big play into it. Uh, uh, I, of course, I might be a little biased. Maul's my second favorite Star Wars character out of all the Star Wars characters, so I I think he he had it in the bag from the get go. I think he was just kind of toying with him a little bit to show the uh, show the Mandalorians like that. Oh, he might have a chance, and then just like nope. So I, I think I think it was both, honestly, because I think Maul is um, is a really powerful Sith. I mean, uh, in the comic, uh, I forget what the comic is. He captures Dooku and Grievous, um, which I mean, 
I mean, I think that speaks for itself of how powerful Maul really is. I mean, he even held his own, I would say, against Sidious, which is arguably the most powerful person in Star Wars. So it is what it is, I guess, you know? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Ken, your thoughts on the the matchup? Yeah, I do think it is more so arrogance. Um, I like kind of almost take a middle approach to what was said previously by both. But um, I really feel like it's because he didn't know like Maul's abilities or how strong he was because of how he found him. So, you know, when Maul is challenging him, he's just like, oh, that's fine. Like, I've got this. And I think it's also, you know, smart on Maul's part, not necessarily like physical strength, but like kind of mental strength. Like, I, I, it was on my TikTok for you page, but a skill with manipulation is to make the other person believe that they have the upper hand or like you, you're just unaware or incapable. And I think Maul, you know, used that to his advantage when challenging him, because I think if Isla had known about his, you know, skills like Maul's, I, I don't think he would have, you know, jumped in so quickly to um, battle Maul because I mean, we all, I mean, we all know Maul's strength, but you know, I don't really think he did. And I think it was really smart on Maul's part to kind of play that, um, lack of knowledge or information against Bisla. Mm. I mean, put it this way. If he just said no, Maul would be dead. And so it's fine. I mean, but but he knows. He knows Bisla is not going to. Exactly. Take, he, he knows he's going to take the bait. Because. what has that Viking mentality. Yes. Like, yes. You challenge me? Oh. Yeah, basically. He uses <laughs> yeah. that to in his advantage. I think it's both, but I do tend to go with the arrogance. Because if Vizsla thinks this through, they have them outnumbered. They have the numbers. If they are just able to coordinate and 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 get get the job done, they they Maul wouldn't be a factor, even with the force abilities. Yes, Savage is very intimidating, and and he also is a force wielder. But Vizsla, they have the numbers. They have the numbers. There's no way. He he falls right into Maul's Maul's trap, and this brings back to the point where he learned from the best. He learned from the best, and it, it just goes to show you how great of a manipulator Sidious was, and how well his students have paid attention to him. And you even see that in in Kenobi, as well, towards the end. Um, but Harrod, it's just uh, I'm gonna say what everyone's been saying except for uh, Max of like it's definitely arrogance. Come on, he locked him in a glass box. Did he just not expect anything to happen? Like, all right, we're gonna put the two some of the most powerful force users in a box together. No, no cost, <laughs> no nothing. We're just gonna see what happens, and they're totally not gonna break out. Just and then we're gonna put him next to Almec, who is yeah, brilliant mind. Oh, nothing's gonna happen. He, like, he almost looked shocked expect- when they came into the throne room. Like, especially in Siege of Mandalore, they set up, okay, we have these, like, four, like, sensitive boxes. I get they only had the one from, like, the Old Republic, but it's like, really? You're not going to put Maul in there earlier? Okay, we're just going to, we're just going to expect him not to break out. So it's 100% arrogance. Like, yes, does Maul have a lot of strength? Hell yes. Is he an amazing dark side board chaser? Yes. But Previsla is even more arrogant than Maul, and that's that's saying something. Yeah. Char? 
you guys summed it up already. I believe it's arrogance. <laughs> Maul is small strong, but Previsla is pretty strong as well. But he overlooked Maul way too hard. I I do want to say just quickly. Yeah. If that man had put his helmet on, a lot of things would have been prevented. Like the several blows he took to the head would have been cushioned. <laughs> yeah. Like That's I true. can't help but feel like if the man took the thing seriously and but, prepared for the fight again. That's the arrogance. That's the arrogance. That's the arrogance part. Hamal has metal legs. Obi Wan like batted Django in the head a couple times during his fight in Attack of the Clones, and it hurt him. Imagine that with a metal leg. That would hurt like hell. Well. I don't know how the Beskar works, because in this, they just get shot with a normal blaster, and they're like, oh, no, I'm dead. I'm like, okay, so I'm guessing that's like a weaker Beskar, but I can't believe that pre Vizsla does not have a pure Beskar something on his armor. And He's I just got Kedura steel. Yeah. Yeah. But... Probably, well, unfortunately, maybe. No, but, uh, yeah, that's gonna be it for that episode. Char... The last and most depressing <sighs> part of this entire arc. The best, one of the best episodes of the Clone Wars. And how it brings us into Kenobi. Char, take it away. All right. So, season five, episode 16, The Lawless. I will do this in the Kane voice because Godfrey, oh, I'm tired of Godfrey. <laughs> I don't know. For today. For today. All right. <clears throat> Neutral star systems in peril. Darth Maul and Savage Opress command the planet Mandalore through the pu- puppet Prime Minister Almec while they expand their criminal enterprise. With the Death Watch removed from power and the Jedi unaware of the villainous plot, nothing stands in the way of Darth Maul's vision for a best criminal empire. We now find Duchess Satine imprisoned as her fellow remaining loyal subjects make a desperate attempt to rescue her. Man, yeah, that was good, Char. That was that was very that was good. very good. That was very a good. virtual pat on the back. Hey, or Harris, high five. Or no, I'm saying five out of ten, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mediocre, baby. Uh, hey, you had your hand out. I wanted that. So no, you don't. No, no. I'm have a ten. Fuck that. <laughs> so the moral of this episode is morality separates heroes from villains. So we get. We start off at the Je- at the Jedi Temple, um, or do we not start at the Jedi Temple? I can't remember. No, it, it goes into the Jedi Temple after Satine sends her message. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Satine yeah. gets broken out like Corky. Yep, Satine gets broken out, and and it's just it it seeing Obi Wan in this in this it, it, seeing him suffer and not being able to in, in, intervene because we do see in the Mandalore arc. That he that he was willing to to leave the Jedi Order for Satine. Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. 
Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. And now she's giving the, 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 the Leia, basically, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. God damn it, Bobby. And, uh, okay then. Um, <laughs> Sorry, all comment. right. It's a way to derail that. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it, Bobby. What are you doing? Anyway, sorry. Uh, I guess the thing is, is like, if, do we think that it was the right move for Obi Wan to go after Satine? Do you think he should have followed his Jedi way, or do you think, he let the his emotions get the better of him in this instant. Ken, I'm going to start with you. See, I think the strategic move would have been not to go. However, I don't I'm not going to sit here and say like if my loved one was at risk like that, I wouldn't also go. And basically the Jedi are saying we are not going to help so in Obi-Wan's mind, she's going to be killed, her people are going to be killed, like you know. It's so I I don't think it was the wrong move. I mean, we know how it all plays out. Like it, it leads to not great things happening, but I, you know, I don't think Obi-Wan had the knowledge to know, Hey, if I go, like it's going to cause her to get, like, you know, unalived or whatever. So I, I think with the knowledge and Obi-Wan had, I think it was the right choice given that like no one else was going to help. So yeah. Also, also this gives me another reason to say, fuck Keanu Mundi. Fuck that. He he's the worst Jedi ever. He, he did some wrong things, but in this case, he wasn't his. It wasn't his fault. No, it was his fault. <laughs> Shut oh your two headed brain up. I don't care. Let Obi Wan do the like. Honestly, it would have been the. They ended up. They ended up invading anyway. Like later down the timeline, they ended up invading anyway. Why don't you just invade now? Come on. Because they had a. Gar- they uh, did they even know of Maul's involvement the first time no, around? Yeah. They no, just they knew that. It, well, well, the first exactly. time around, yeah. Yes, they do. Because again, because uh, last episode, in season five, episode one, they know Maul's involved with the criminal underworld. Well, that wasn't they, that not yet. They don't know he time. directly linked the first episode. Oh no, he was yeah, just... no, no, oh, no, you're right. Yeah, because Obi Wan yeah. gets there and he's like, "Oh, Plot. not again." Yeah. No, no. And then the first again, episode, when he was just connected at... with the the pirates, that was it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, no, exactly. And uh, especially when you look at the situation in Siege of Mandalore, is very different. They're now desperate because they have no links to Sidious. Maul no, is true. that last link, so that would be it. But the, the, I mean, the Jedi Council, uh, stinky poo poo heads for many reasons. This is one of them. Um, again, politics should not dictate whether people need help. I'm stand by firmly by that. Um, so really, Kenobi going wasn't the wisest move, um, because it did end up, but again, had. Had he known Maul was there, I don't think he would have gone. Well, no, he probably would have gone anyway. But, you know, I think if the Jedi Council were given the knowledge that Maul was there, they should have sent someone else, but they wouldn't have done because they're idiots. Um, So, really, I think it's an impossible situation to navigate because if no one went, Maul would just continue on his little tirade. Satine probably wouldn't be dead. She'd be in a cell. But... Still, it would it would be an interesting thing. I don't think there's really any other way you can have it play out, which in which Maul doesn't really come out on top. 
unless you're talking about sending like both Anakin and Obi Wan there, then it may be maybe so chaotic that it does disrupt <laughs> what is happening. Yeah, yeah. Max. Uh, I mean, kind of echoing what everybody says. Like, was it probably the best move for him to go? Probably not. But I mean, that's what that's what storytelling is about, right? <laughs> you know, you yeah. gotta have that. You gotta have that story. So, I mean, I think if anybody was gonna go, he would have been the best person for it. You know, yeah. um, out of out of everybody that that would could have gone. Um, so yeah, I mean that's really I I I don't want to hash over too much of it because everybody pretty much said everything already. But but yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, with with uh, Bale bringing up Maul and Sidious, um, a little bit later down down the time we get Sidious end up like feeling through the force that Maul is becoming an issue. And he's going to take he's going to take matters into his own hands. For how much Maul hates the Sith, do you think it's significant that he still refers to Palpatine as Master? I think it's him just trying to suck up to him, because when you look back at some of the lines in Rebels, he's like, "The Sith took everything from me." ripped me from my brother's arms, slaughtered my brother. But I think it really stems down to the Sith took his future. Looking, it all comes back to Jewel of the Fates, as many things do in this cursed universe. Um, had he not have fallen, he would have remained Sidious's faithful apprentice that would have ended up being Invader's position in the Empire going off of a very basic line of logic of Maul not dying. So I think it was a very feeble attempt for um, him to suck up to Sidious. Also just an acknowledgement of his power. Um, yeah. Like he probably doesn't, ref- he, he probably like never referred to him as Sidious, like going master as like, that would be the, his first initial reaction. And I think continuously recalling, calling him to master was going, yeah, I'm trying because he, he's trying to avoid fighting him because he knows that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and he calls yeah, him in the. It, I would before say he the room. for Maul, it's I just yeah, I kind of like, I disagree because I feel like for Maul, Sidious just like how he was with Anakin that he is Maul's like father figure because he didn't really have a father. Mother Talzin was the only like parental figure he had in his life before Sidious ripped him like away from him and just like so like to him it's like his father is coming back and he's there to fucking kill him so it's kind of like true i mean yeah yeah i don't think anything that twisted could be i don't think he could see that as a parental thing i get what you're saying um i think it's purely just him trying to get back into where he was it's how he adapts and changes to it but first he's like oh god he's back Mm. Yeah, of, of course. Initially, it's shock, and then it's trying to go a uh, quick thing because he he knows exactly what Sidious is capable of. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's, he's training way of the Sith. Exactly, yeah, the, the training yeah, of the Sith is to essentially torture your apprentice until they grow the nerve to withstand it. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Or at least in well, legends, if I, if I can um, interject real yep, quick, man. I think yeah, um, cool. you know, uh, kind of bringing rebels into play here. 
you know how um Sam Witwer gave that talk about how the the duel between Obi-Wan and uh Maul and how Obi-Wan kind of goes through all the stances yes. kind of psyching Maul up to back to Phantom Menace. I think Maul kind of has that same thing when he sees Sidious. Like yes, he's he's called Sidious obviously master uh before this incident too, but I think it kind of goes back to that mentality of like he puts him it's like when he sees Sidious and like obviously he knows that like he's not just there to say hi and play patty cakes you know um he's like yeah. oh it kind of puts him back into the role of the apprentice yes you know absolutely it puts him back in, and we've already seen that kind of work in rebels with more oh no, yeah absolutely and it's and it's more i and i think like vent says he doesn't call him monster out of respect it's it's out of pure fear mm-hmm. it's just straight out of pure fear he says, I haven't felt a presence like this since. And then he says, Master. And you can There's see. There's like a sharp Ken. intake of breath. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Ken. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Ken, your thoughts. Yeah. I think it's kind of how I perceived it was it's more just like out of like fear. And I think it's a lot of like, just he was like conditioned to, you know, be a part of the Sith to be his apprentice. So I think it's at least how I perceived it's almost like just a second nature. Like, even though he's not with Sidious anymore, it's just like almost like a response given that, you know, that's what the Sith do. They, it's, um, what was said, you know, they torture their apprentice. So it's years of like abuse manipulation. So I just think it's just almost instinct that even though he's like, I hate the Sith, I'm not with Sidious. It's just like, because, you know, I think he's just almost held onto that like image of him or like the idea of him as, as his master because like when we you know I would argue a lot of that's tr- like traumatizing for Maul. I mean we hold on to that type of stuff. So I think it is more out of like fear and almost like I think Max said it, but like putting him back into that. Um, that submissive role. role. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of Palpatine, speaking of Sidious. Um, why do you the think boy. he? Why does? Why do you think he engaged? Chose to engage Maul on Mandalore. Uh, was it a test of his own strength, or was it to show dominance? Just, just to say, hey, I'm here. I mean, you know, you know what time it is. Maul and Savage were growing a criminal enterprise that took over Mandalore seamlessly. I think Sidious looked at that and went, hmm, I don't want that anywhere near my plans for the Republic and chose to take action. I don't think it's necessarily... A lot of people say it's because he was sensing Maul's and Savage's strength. I think it is purely a political thing. I don't think he was worried. Look at how he dealt with them. I mean, come on, he looked like he was dancing through half of that. Like The way he's swinging his sabers, there's no force it's just, it's literally, it's like flicking them aside. It's, it, I think it's purely just him going, I can't have these people messing up my plans. I'm dealing with them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Ken? I completely agree. I think it's just to, ass- Oops, sorry, <laughs> to assert um, dominance over Maul and Savage because I think it's one of those things where it's like, he, you know, kind of I has this great plan and I think he thinks he has every puzzle piece in place or everything's going to fall together. And I think Maul and Savage kind of pose a threat to that. So I think it's to say like, if I can't like, you know, I don't think it's to test anyone's strength. I think Sidious 
fully knows what he's capable of, what Maul's capable of, et cetera. So I purely think it's just to assert dominance to, you know, almost like put Maul at like bay. So he's not, you know, getting in, in the way of Palpatine's plans or Sidious's plans. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, cause if, if Maul does take control, I mean, he ultimately does take control of those other systems. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know from the seat the, the, uh, Mandalore arc early in season two, uh, that they are the leader Council. of the neutral system. Yeah. The council of neutral, yeah. neutral systems. Yeah. Neutral systems. 2000 so, I mean, or something systems in that, I think. Yeah, a lot yeah, something yeah. like that. But like that's it's a very, very, very it's a very important system because of, of its neutrality and it's it's a big player in all of galactic events. Max, your thoughts. Um I'm gonna have to echo dominance. Um just because he I think he sees it as uh you don't see many instances where Palpatine goes to handle something himself, like no an attack of the clones. He sends Django, who sends Zan Wessel, who sends a droid, who sends the, the slugs to kill Padme, you know? Um, and he does a lot of stuff like that throughout the Clone Wars. And I think him going to Mandalore to fight Maul and Savage is clearly to show dominance, just because I think he thinks it's going to be a pain in the butt to hand it political, ha- handle it politically. Like he, doesn't want, like, he doesn't want it to be drawn out. He wants to go there, handle it, and then get back to Coruscant and handle business. You know, um, this is probably one of my favorite lightsaber duels out of like all of Star Wars because Sidious with a double lightsaber is just super cool. Um, and I, 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 I'm not, I don't remember who said it, but yeah, he just, I mean, he just kind of wipes the floor with it. It looks like he's just like not even trying. Like he Dancing. pushes, yeah, literally, he pushes both of them and slams them both into like the glass oh, he ceiling. Just, and he stuff. does work. Mm-hmm. He yeah. just wrecks shop. I'm like, geez, where was this? Throughout, like, like you could have done so many things, like, and he, he doesn't, like, like Ben was saying, uh, he doesn't call them challengers; he calls them rivals. No, he only calls Maul a rival. He, he uses rival singularly. I think. He goes, yeah. You have become a rival. rival. I think. I think it's just Maul, or he's just seeing their entire organization or i think it's more like not acknowledging savage like, yeah, he's yeah, having fun too, with yeah. it like when he stabs savage he like smiles he's just yeah. like this is nothing <laughs> but, but, slowly does, does his little laugh just like that it just oh my god but i wanted to point out the parallel of the fight is maul in this fight is obi-wan and the phantom menace paid actor portrayal i didn't see it coming life can be so unpredictable after losing my dad it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Because if you think about it, Sidious is like, is like he's the underdog of the fight. Like Sidious is just so overwhelming and so powerful. And and Sidious makes sure to kill Savage right in front of Maul because he knows that will motivate him just to see if he's useful. Because again, like because of the Son of Dathomir comics, we know why Sidious wants Maul. He wants to take Maul to kill Mother Talzin. Like mm-hmm. that's his entire end game there with Maul. So just the fact that like he shows up just to show his dominance and then toys with Savage, like the way like like he was just like like letting Savage just swing at him. He's like, uh huh, that's cute. All right, there you go. Have fun, Maul. Yeah. I yeah, have all right, other. All right, it's done. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it's it, 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 playtime's over. Get the yeah. hell out of here. Um, Get out of my but, face. But yeah, you guys all made great points. But there was one thing that you uh, didn't mention: how Maul and Savage tamper with the rule of two. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's so it's like it's not just his plans, but it's also like it's also messing with Palpatine's plans, and it's also messing with Sidious's plans. So it's like. I don't think it's really the rule of two because the rule of two is never really. Well, well I, mean, I mean, Maul and Savage can, are Savage and Maul are Sith lords, but they're not like no, he's the claiming Sith to be Sith lords. They're yeah. viewing themselves as lords. Of the, the the way the Sith Lord title works, as far as I'm aware, is descendants of the Bane line. Um, Maul lost that title when he lost on Naboo, and when as soon as Sidious took a new apprentice. No longer relevant. Well, um, I mean, and also Palpatine's just line. Palpatine's line in there is, um, there can only be two, and you are no longer my apprentice. You there have been well. replaced. So, I mean, exactly. yeah, it had something to do with the rule of two. I, it just, I think... it, 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 I, more just putting Maul in his place. Yeah. You know, I... you know the way of things, you know how this works. Get in the line or get the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it's I, what it is. It, it, the rule it, of two was probably part of it. Yeah, the rule of two was a, maybe a little bit of it, but it's just Palpatine coming in, having the jukebox playing some crazy ass music and going, I'm here. The boss is in. It's time for you to sit down and shut the hell up. That's basically what he was doing. He was literally just, just rolling up and basically going, all right, you got me here. Mm-hmm. I was just getting a massage. I was doing my my Palpatine shit. Now you've really gotten me. You've really got me now. The rule of tool or two, especially I mean, throughout a lot of Palpatine's rule, I think Palpatine sees the rule of tool uh, to a tool two as more like guidelines. You know, yeah. like he's like uh, they can be kind of blurred, you know, a little bit because like what we have. Savage the Inquisitors Maul, as well. Uh, Ventress, the Inquisitors. If you want to go into Legends, you have Star Killer. Like, there's so many different like things. I feel like, I mean, while he doesn't see any of them as like apprentices, he kind of sees them just as like tools. I think he kind of plays with the the rule of two quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. But 
moving on to the next question. It's more of a what if, and this is what we will end end this portion of the episode. Had Satine lived, what do you think her next steps would have been? Do you think she would have even wanted to regain power? And Ken, I'm going to start with you because Ari is big Satine, and I know you love Satine as well. What do you think her next steps would have been if she had survived? Yeah, I think it's kind of, it's a bit hard to theorize because I think it all depends on if she continues to want to hold on to pacifism. Um, I think that if she, you know, because <laughs> I think if she if she decided to stick with that, I just think, she, I don't know where she's going with that if she just decides to hold on to that. However, I think if she lets what happened on Mandalore like fuel her, I do think she would kind of loosen her morals a bit and try to reclaim Mandalore. Um, I see, you know, with like Bo, maybe like Obi-Wan, if he's still rogue from the Jedi, whatever with this. But I do think if she lets go of her morals, like a hypothetical, I do think she would want to gain power again. But I think it's hard because this is what I talk with Ari about with Satine. She is so like, very stoic, very like emotionless. And like, um, I think in letting, you know, wanting revenge or letting, you know, anger, hurt or whatever influence you would be allowing emotions to kind of guide your decision. So I think it's very like dependent on, you know, whether or not she would bend her morals or kind of allow her emotions to show through a bit more. That's interesting because I feel like at the end of the day she would do anything for her people. But she has that line where she does not cross it. But there's only so much you can do as a leader to do what's best for your people. And sometimes you have to give up what you believe to do what's best for the entire group. Max, your thoughts? Um, well, if so, she would have lived... I strongly believe we would have gotten the Phantom Menace again because Padme is the exact same way. Like that's how the, the trade Federation enter the, the planet of Naboo, like Naboo is like complete, doesn't have any weapons, doesn't have anything. So I think she would have left the system with Obi-Wan. They would have pleaded to the, um, to the, the courts. Um, and then you would have had, um, instead of like, you know, the gun gets and stuff like that, I think you would have had uh Bo. Um, some Jedi and then the uh, 501st go in and you would have base essentially I think you would have the siege of Mandalore so it w- I think it would still play out pretty much the same except maybe minus feelings from Obi-Wan like he do- he wouldn't have any hurt feelings I guess because the love of his life wouldn't be gone but I think it would play out pretty much similar to what happens like minus her death I think she would just kind of try to keep the peace but also try to get more people involved to free her world no yeah i think that's interesting it's just like you have to think about it would she give up her values to regain everything that she believes in and that's a big thing for um good like that's a that's a thing that you have to think about because that is her whole thing as a character she's gonna stick to her guns no matter what but and i mean what Sean was saying about it being the father, I 
I will make this stance. I don't necessarily love Quirky Kenobi. I think it. I think it. I think it. I think it takes. I think it takes away from Obi Wan's character. Um, there was a comment section that I was that I I saw a video and it had something to do with Quirky Kenobi, and somebody said that Obi Wan would have been a deadbeat dad, and I would disagree with that. If he knew that he had a child, he would have left the Jedi Order instantly. Because... Look at how with Leia and Kenobi. Well, yeah, and look at Leia with Kenobi. Yeah, absolutely. Like, here's the thing. Like, it's like, it's it's what he does for Luke and what he does for Leia specifically. Like, you can't. Like, he's he wouldn't be a deadbeat dad. He probably would have been one of the greatest fathers in in all of Star Wars. Uh, and I think it kind of takes a little bit away from Satine for not telling him. Exactly. Like, I just don't think those two, because she does care about him, like, she would have told him. And It's, I think it's a the cool theory. Quirky, it's, a, it's a cool theory. It's, it's fun to theorize. I personally don't love it because it takes away from what, what Obi-Wan, like, represents. Because he is supposed to be one of the better Jedi. Um... Uh... Oh. oh damn it. Stop, Jar. <laughs> we were tapping at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yes, yes, they better keep it, it, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a fun theory, but mm-hmm. when you get down to stripping away the layers of it, it just, it just doesn't feel right because it's, it's, that's not Obi Wan. That's not who he is. That's not who his character is. It, because that's, that's my thought. I was going to mention this earlier with, like, Satine of, like, Obi-Wan is just emotionally attached to everything. As much as he he's really good at, like, letting his attachments not control his, like, fate like Anakin did, but Obi-Wan does have the same problems as Anakin with attachment. That's why he's there. It's because, just like how he can't kill Anakin, he has to, like, save Satine. Obi-Wan would 100%, I feel like I agree, would leave the Jedi Order if Satine had a child. Like, if that happened, 100% Obi-Wan would leave the Order and, like, Throw away his entire life for her. I it's just like I, I can't. That's why I can't get behind the theory as well. And and, and it's like it, Element does make a good point. It's totally in character for her to not tell him actually. But Element, like yes, she probably wouldn't tell him, but she would have also cared for that child as her own. She wouldn't give it to Bo. She wouldn't have given it to Bo. She wouldn't have given it to whoever. Like that. It it it, it yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it, exactly. Mm. But sorry, I kind of got off a tangent. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of quirky going on here. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not really the point. There'll be but... a day where we think about quirky and not think about Obi Wan being his dad. Well, yeah. At the end I... of the day, we stand quirky craze no, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quirky craze. Um, but uh, Bale, your thoughts? Yes. What was the what was the question again? I forgot. Uh, if if Satine would have lived, what? How do you think she would have even wanted to regain power? Um, that is a very good question. I mean, mm, probably as Max said, something similar to Phantom Menace. Um, would have probably begged the Senate for help, even though she probably knew they weren't going to get any. Uh, granted, I don't think Darth Jar Jar would then overtake Palpatine. But <laughs> you said him. Who am I to deny the truth? <laughs> but um 
it, it's it's an interesting one to ponder. I I can't really see any. I should probably run away with Obi Wan, um, to try and reformulate with Bo's group, try and lead lead a strike against Mandalore, similar to what we got in Seizure Mandalore, but maybe instead of having Ahsoka versus Maul, we'd have Kenobi versus Maul, which would be very interesting to see. And given how much earlier on in the war it would have been, yeah. it would have led to potentially damning evidence on the Sidious. But that's, again, that's yeah. theorizing way over the point. But I, that that's the rough idea I would have. Um, yeah. I can't imagine her staying on a planet that would imprison her and potentially execute her. Yeah. Really. Um, Harith, Char? I, I have the most interesting one. So okay. the way Satine reacts to when Vizsla takes over, she just instantly is defeated and it's like, nope, I lost. Like, it's, they don't want me anymore. I felt like Satine would definitely do the Padme move. I think she would, I think she would move away from Mandalore entirely. I think she would turn into a senator, just like how... Yes, like Padme did in the like Queen Shadow. I think she would recognize my power is not here. I think she would offer it to Bo. I think Bo. I think it would be get to the same position with Bo, trying to retake Mandalore with Ahsoka. But like, I don't. I don't think. I think the team would just felt defeated and just give up. Yeah, the ultimate power Punch. couple, sub eighteen. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, I would say, uh, I think that she would try to regain power, but it would be different because she would have to change her. Um, outlook on power because what usually happens in Star Wars is once you lose you want to correct that mistake and come back stronger that's essentially what Maul's doing like after his loss on Naboo he's coming back and he's like how I mean I know I can't rejoin Sidious but what can I do to get his attention what can I do that can create some controversy create some uh, create um, create a a headache for him Yeah, yeah it's like you want to come back and do something stronger and do something more impactful. I think that's what Satine would do. She sees Death Watch and the Sith, quote unquote, the Sith, taking over her planet. But I feel like that she would try to maneuver something within the the Senate. I mean, I don't know when she would, if um, when it would be. I think it would be like probably like prior to season six or maybe during season six. But she it- would she would do something when it when like came to the war with like trying to negotiate peace terms i mean i mean like I, we are neutral let's let's all be neutral i but it also would go back to what obi-wan says in siege of vandalar with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Republic and Mandalore has a treaty that, that goes back years. I don't think Republic... I think 
I think the Jedi Council made an exemption just because of Maul. I think the yeah. Council would push for it, but I think the Senate would push against it. Yeah, I could see. So could it see would be both. this tug of war, and I think Palpatine would be like in the middle, being like, "No, leave him." Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a very interesting what if. Um, and it, I think it's a great way to end off uh this episode. Um, chart. It's your time to shine, baby. I mean, this has been your this this has been your episode. You you've done a lot today, so three interesting facts. Yes, all right, ready. And I gave you two Godfreed, so uh, be paid. Okay, all right, ready. Three interesting facts about a certain Clone Wars arc that you didn't know about until now. Part thirty-two, the Shadow Conspiracy arc. Fact one: terrifying footage cut for obvious reasons. At one point, Vizsla's defeat against Darth Maul included his head visibly rolling down the stairs, but this was removed very early on in story development as being too graphic. Fact two, the memorial of an actor. The episode begins with the title card in memory, in, in memory of Ian Abercrombie, the voice of Palpatine on the series, passed away on January 26, 2012. This episode features some of his last recorded performances as Palpatine and Sidious. Fact 3. Sidious's lightsabers. Uh, the Darth Sidious fight with two lightsabers um, is evident in episode 3. He has two lightsabers in Revenge of the Sith though he never has an opportunity to wield them simultaneously since he loses one in his fight with Mace Windu before dueling Yoda. Yep. And there you have it. Those are the three interesting facts about the Shadow Conspiracy arc. Oh man, good job, good job on the facts, good job on the good facts. facts. Um, for but those yeah, when, that so are when just Max was talking about the the two lightsabers. Uh, yeah, could have happened. Yeah. Could have happened. Oh yeah, I didn't know oh. about the the Palpatine uh, voice actor. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ian the... Ian Abercrombie and then Ian McDermott, yeah. two Ians playing Palpatine. I think that's then, very. Uh, wow. They worked in. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? The actor who plays Palpatine during season six and Sam Witwer. Seven, yeah. No, it was uh, no, not Sam Witwer. Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry. Yeah, they yeah, do yeah, actually yeah, work yeah. in some of Tim Curry into it. They subtly transition him at the end because it's yeah, Ian, yeah. Ian, Rocky Ian, Horror's and very own. I mean, the last line of the episode is Tim Curry. So they do subtly move oh, yeah. him into Palpatine. So if you're just joining us for the first episode of like this, is, you just subscribed to us. Thank you for being here. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. We love it. Uh, we have our rankings. After every episode, we rank the episode. Uh, rank the entire arc. Uh, Yelling bad, Padawan okay, Jedi Knight good, Jedi Master great, Grandmaster Chef's Kiss. We have had six total, uh, or yeah, six total arcs all together throughout the entire Clone War- Clone Wars of five yeah. seasons so far that have gotten uh, Grandmaster. Yeah, so we'll everyone see. in the chat, go ahead and place what you think this arc is, in your opinion, yeah. of course. No, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll start with Ken. What what's this uh, what's this arc rank for you? I think Grandmaster. I genuinely think this is an arc that there's so much to it in like a good way, and like I just I'm when I watch it, I'm always entertained, and it always just brings up so many emotions. So I'd have to give it a Grandmaster. <laughs> All right, we got one on the board. Uh, let's go, Max. Um, I'm also going to have to give it a Grandmaster um, right. for really three reasons. You got Obi-Wan and like the Mando armor. Super cool. <laughs> um, 
you have, uh, you know, so much emotion with Obi-Wan, like seeing basically the love of his life um, vanish from him, you know, and you get all those uh, feelings rushing back from when he saw Qui-Gon, you know, Obi-Wan, in my opinion, has had one of the most tragic throughout the whole story of Star Wars has had one of the most tragic um, arcs, I feel like. Um, And through all of that, he, you know, he prevails and really becomes what the Jedi are supposed to be known for, you know, I think um, stands the test of time. And then also too, man, just the battle at the end. I mean, Grandmaster just for the battle at the end, it's minus Anakin versus Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. I think it might be my favorite saber battle. So for those three reasons, I give it the, uh, the Grandmaster ranking. Nice. Uh, Bale. Going to break the trend. Jedi master. Um, I love that. Do not get me wrong. There's very few things I dislike. I just think there are other arcs that I prefer. I will agree. It is possibly the best lightsaber duel with a couple of exceptions. Definitely throughout the entirety of the Clone Wars, nothing comes close. Um, in terms of overall, it's probably in my top three. Um, and it is an amazing story. Um, start to finish. I just I feel like some of it could have been condensed, but again, I still really, really enjoy this arc. Harith? Sorry, Bale. Grandmaster all the way. This is one of the best Clone Wars arcs. Like, Because like, usually with Clone Wars arcs, my biggest complaint is there's usually an episode somewhere around the lines where you're just like, oh, you could have cut that or you could have like reduced the pacing down. Like, like a lot of arcs will run into that issue of like, it goes an episode too long. This is just the perfect length. It goes right around the long time you get the like honestly i think the lawless is outside of shattered is my favorite clone wars episode you get so much in just this 20 minute episode and it's just really feloni just flexing his muscles and it's really one of the best written and acting i've seen of the show outside of siege of mandalore no oh, yeah uh char we gonna give it the. Uh, grand, are we gonna give it the uh, the old uh, grandmaster? You already master? know what I'm giving it. It is a grandmaster. Yeah. Episodes yeah. 14, 15, and 16 of this arc. It's the perfect preparation, execution, and aftermath of yeah. any arc that I have seen thus far. It's they prepare to get their forces, they use the forces, and what happens after that is done. We see Previsla and Maul build their group. We see them go to different places gather their forces and then they go to mandalore they take over mandalore and then afterwards we get palpatine slash sidious's appearance and it's like it all it's it's so interesting and also satine um the unfortunate ending of satine's story it's it's there's so many great moments in this arc where it's just like the show is incredible like i think when i when i watched this for the first time i saw this i was like this is the best arc in the Clone Wars. This obviously like before, yeah. like season seven, but like still, I hold that that this is the best arc. Um, and I'm not even acknowledging the the Maul uh, pre the fight. It's like Underrated. there's so many, there's so many great moments, and it's I don't know. I just I can I don't have enough words to explain how much I love this arc. So oh, it's yeah. a grandmaster for me. Um, make it seven. That's a grandmaster. That's a that's 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 uh that's seven, that's seven arcs throughout. Well, does does Bale's count? 
Does Bale's badass? It doesn't matter. It got overshot. It got overruled. This, it, this arc, them. this arc is a grandmaster. That makes seven. I thought, I thought Bale was five seasons. Out of the five <laughs> seasons, we have given seven grandmasters. Wait, at least said there was five before. Is it six, no, there no? was six. There was six. There was six oh, before. Six. There was oh, six. Yeah, D Squad. Yeah, yeah, D Squad made it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, which is amazing. Should. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. Pat gave it a Jedi Knight. Ven gave it a Jedi Master, but then he changed it to a Grand Master. Yep. And then uh, Wait, Sean gives on, it a Grand Master. Highlight Elements comment. And then Bale, screw you. <laughs> 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 um, cool. But uh, that is it. Uh was going to touch on Kenobi, but we're running a little bit long. Uh, yes. So, so, so yes. So instead of us covering or talking about the Kenobi episode as the news tomorrow at seven 30, we will be hosting a, our last Kenobi round table with a bunch of guests. We got the dyad. We have star Wars facts guy. We have a whole conglomerate of people coming in to talk. So we We'll just let you know that that will be happening tomorrow, and the conversations are going to get hot. And yeah, absolutely. On the same note, I would also really want to go advertise the reaction again because that was another insane action we have. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, our reaction is up on our channel. We have it's about a 35, 30 something minute video or reaction of us it's watching like the episode. It's talking and then like 10 minutes at the end and then it's about like a 15 minute reaction oh yeah absolutely you guys don't want to miss that um but i just want to thank everybody in the chat saint pat obishan kenobi star wars lawyer marjay skywalker uh alanis uh um uh element ven uh, Chaco. Chaco a little bit um uh brooke we all appreciate your love and support Yes, thank like you. I said, like I said, it, without you guys, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, but to our guest, uh, we'll start with Bale. Bale, where can the good people find you on the social medias? Oh, well, the good people um, can find me all as Grandmaster Bale on TikTok, which uh, is where I'm mainly active. And then if they really feel like seeing bad takes, they can follow Grandmaster Bale on Twitter as well. Uh, same <laughs> name. Absolutely. Thanks yeah, then he on. is the uh, the hairy ankle of Star Wars. Yeah, oh, of course. Cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Ken, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Yeah, just Senator Smoke on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, and go uh, check out her podcast with Ari, uh, Queen and the Duchess. Uh, they're starting that back up. Uh, I will be a guest on it. Uh, I think we're recording tomorrow, so right before <laughs> roundtable. So, uh, Jesus, that's great. Thanks. Can't wait for that episode. Um, Max, uh, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Uh, you can follow me at PMPs underscore Den on uh, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Instagram. I'm on Instagram the most. Uh, so if you want to talk to me and interact. Mm -hmm. That's probably the best one. And then you can find me on my YouTube channel at PMP's Den of Antiquities. Like I said at the beginning, I do a little bit of everything. I have a uh, Star Wars podcast called the Star Wars Perspective Podcast where you can watch the live, uh, live versions of it. Or if you are an audio listener, you can listen to it anywhere you find your audio podcasts. Awesome. Yes, Element. I'm starting to become the time management king. Um, uh, Harith, where do people follow you? 
Well, mainly you can find me here at Podwans every Thursday night. Again, I'm not going to steal Char's whole stick of just saying I'm going to let him go handle that. So you can find me here Thursday, every Thursday night to talk about whatever we're talking about Clone Wars-wise. And on TikTok, you can find me at Hair Productions. If you want to see me like unfiltered Twitter, and if you want to see me be really inactive, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Char, where can the good people follow you? The good people, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at CharCharJ, as spelled right here. And you can find me every Thursday and for the last time for right now, this Friday at the Pop Ones Podcast. On Thursday next week, we'll be covering the Ahsoka Leaving the Jedi Order arc. And, and that'll be the end of season five. Yeah, that'll be mm-hmm. pain. And then tomorrow, we'll be covering our final Kenobi episode or roundtable with a lot of conversations and a lot of tears and a lot of thoughts and a lot yeah. of fun yeah yeah, no, so. absolutely you won't want to miss that uh you can follow us at the the, the pod ones podcast on tiktok the pod ones pod on instagram and pod ones podcast on twitter again just like char was saying tomorrow 7 30 E uh seven thirty Central Central Standard Time. What's that Eastern? <laughs> I know. I know. Good thing I, good thing, good thing I, Pacific. Yeah, yeah. Good thing I had Alanis do it for me today because I don't think <laughs> you would have screwed it up for the thirty minutes. I would have. I would have. I would have had I, I'm I'm probably going to do like outtakes and I'm gonna just release them. Um but uh you won't want to miss it. Star Wars Facts guy, Cat Lady JJ, Open Circle Fleet, Diet in the Force, Cal for it's going to be fantastic. You won't want to miss it. Uh, if you're not subscribed, just hit that button. Come on. It, you, force not it's not that hard to yeah, just, yeah, you just, 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 just hit it. Just hit it. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate everyone. We love this community. 50 episodes. 50 the more, more clicks, on the way. The more Godfrey. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. The more clips, the more Godfrey. But 50 down, 50 more to go. And that's it for this one. For light and for life. We are all the Republic. And may the force be with you. Always. Always. See you guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.